0: I have a beef with your people
1: with my people like uh, your people uh, your people, Italian people
0: yes ah I am very frustrated with with Italian journalists in particular
1: okay why
0: do you know what happened last night we're recording this on a Tuesday right now do you know uh-huh. what happened last night um
1: let's see what happened last night um it was the feast of Saint Benedict yeah that was cool um, I played some video games last night, but that probably mm-hmm. wasn't in the Italian news. Uh, I nope. don't know what happened last night. So there's this Italian journalist, I guess, who has
0: like a bit of a hoax account. And I guess he changed his profile and his username to make it look like he was a German bishop. hmm And posted in multiple languages that Pope Benedict was dead.
1: Uh-oh. Are you, are you doing okay?
0: I wasn't ready for that roller coaster of emotion, okay? <laughs> I'm just like <sighs> And and to be just a little selfish, yeah, just a little, I really hope he doesn't pass away until my thesis is done. Because Why? because then there's going to be a plethora of articles and stuff about his intellectual influence on different ideas, blah blah blah. Life would be easier if if he could just wait a year. Just wait a year. Okay. Just one year. Just one year. I'm just asking for one year. But no, no. Uh, I was. Yeah. It was. It was an intense. 15 minutes last night. I get a, we get a text from Nick saying, uh, uh, "The Pope's dead." I'm like, "What? What? 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 What?" It's like, <laughs> like we haven't even heard anything that like he was sick or ill or that you know things are yeah. looking near the end or anything like that. Like yeah. ju- usually these things kind of leak out a bit. Just out of nowhere, Pope Benedict said, I'm like, ah, ah, ah. Then thankfully, uh, but you know, something seemed a little off because it was like the only account of a bishop or anything posting this. Then I I did the smart thing, actually. This is where you start to learn how to use the the social medias. Okay. Because then I I went to uh, St. Peter's Square webcam. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if the Pope had died, people would be flocking to St. Peter's and the bells would be ringing. True That the Pope had I think yeah ringing the bells Yeah when the Pope Passes away And then also When a Pope's elected uh, But then like I believe uh, Someone who lives In Rome Or has been in Rome A long time Might correct me on this But I believe like In the Well not that there's Going to be an interregnum This time But usually like In the interregnum Between the death of a Pope And then the election There's no bells um, Anyways But there's obviously Not going to be one right now So I was very happy To hear that he's still I mean I listen He's he's 95 He just yeah. turned 95 In April Uh, He has had a very long and fruitful life. I know the day is coming. I was just caught a little off guard. And it was kind of interesting to see Twitter go crazy for about 15 minutes and then collectively recollect itself once more.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I was aware of all this that was going on. Uh, And I looked over today at... um, Because I subscribe, I'm a paid subscriber to uh, Pillar Catholic. And I uh, was checking out their article on this. Apparently this guy, this was an elaborate ruse. He had Mm -hmm. made this German uh, bishop account like a year ago. And just slowly built up followers, didn't tweet much from it. Like, this was a long time coming. And Perry, this is this guy's hobby. He's done this before with other accounts. And, like, this is just what this Italian dude likes to do. Make fake accounts and say that people die. Get a better hobby. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, stupid. Uh, But long live Pope Benedict. Uh, We are glad that he is still in good health, all things considered. And uh, It was... yeah. Yeah. It was... like. I mean, isn't there better things to do? I mean, to each their own. Um, Really? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> no, not in this case, no. And it was
0: just, like, I mean, yeah, it was, and everyone was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, oh, wow, on, on the Feast of St. Benedict. And, like, well, uh, that was the thing. He was waiting for June 11th to, to roll around, or July mm-hmm. 11th to roll around. So... As I recollect myself and get my emotions in order, I'd like to welcome everyone to
1: Clerically Speaking. I am Father Harrison. I am Father Anthony. And uh, the day of our recording, uh, the 12th of July, is a momentous day because it's the beginning of Prime Day. Amazon Prime Day. And I have already mm-hmm. bought so many things. Various okay. um, cables. Um, what else did I get? I got new heads, a new headset for my video games. I got some accoutrement for my espresso machine, like a mat, because I'm very messy. A new mm-hmm. uh, knockbox, uh, So I, I am spending a lot of money on the Amazon mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. excited for all the presents I'm gonna get myself tomorrow nice. and
0: next day. You see, I never have really cared about Prime Day. Uh-huh. Even though I am an avid Amazon user,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I only use it really for mostly one thing. Books. books, and, yeah. and books tend to not be the things they discount on Prime Day. That's they true. They like to discount the electronics and everything. Books, um, no. No. So, you know, I just keep on buying or adding to my wish list, etc. just uh, as I continue to read. Because, st- like, for me, I, there was a bit of a debate last week about, like, priests and books. I don't know if you saw this on the Twitters. Mm, yes, I did. And, and, and listen. I have to have a, well, A, for my PhD, I have to have, like, a decent library, and B, like, there is no, I am the theological library in this diocese, pretty much, because there's just nothing, I mean, there's some stuff at the University of Victoria and everything, but there's just, it's, it's sparse here, right, and so, anyways, but, although I did use Amazon to purchase two new bookshelves, get that way I didn't have to go to the store. well the whole point was so that they would just drop it off at my house so I didn't have to worry about going to the store and picking up sure. But of course then they left a note saying please pick it up here I'm like oh this you defeated the purpose of the ordering <laughs> it from you I didn't yeah. want to carry it around but uh yes so um do you partake of prime day
1: every year you know what I really haven't this is the first yeah. year where I actually was aware of that it was a thing that was happening. I've heard people talk about it, but I was like, so I actually waited. There's some stuff I needed to buy, but I waited a couple of days to get all my stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just kind of bought a lot of things because I am not a monk. I'm a secular priest who's allowed to buy things for himself. This is true. This is yeah. True. Yeah,
0: I just, I mean,
1: I don't, I don't know. I don't, I like books and that's
0: about it. I'm kind of boring that way.
1: There's nothing wrong with that.
0: Nothing wrong with that. I've actually been tempted to like get a, rid of pretty much anything electronic in my house for the next year.
1: Wow, not just your looking. podcasting equipment, I hope.
0: I would maybe podcast from the office just so, just so that, like any semblance of temptation to look to be distract. Like, I don't. Okay, this is a little. I know it's your time, but I just uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so about twice a year, I find myself inordinately attracted to a desire to play some sort of brainless phone game sure like something like that has no end in sight it's like a tap game and like it's super
1: brainless right yeah and that happened to me yesterday i don't know Do you ever get those days i have i don't i do not allow myself to uh download games onto my phone anymore
0: yeah i mean i don't really ever download games i don't know what got into me yesterday about it but i was like okay yeah let's do this blah 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 and then I spent several hours playing a stupid, brainless tap game. But I, at the same time, like, I don't beat myself up too much about it because this happens maybe twice a year. Usually it's a sign, like, Harrison, you need to, to chill. And so it's mm-hmm. okay to do something brainless for a sure. few hours. But that's, cause that's about the extent of my gaming. Yeah. What, what did you play last night?
1: Oh, Destiny 2, the game oh, I've been playing Destiny. for... For Ever. forever now with you your clan gameplay. or whatever it's called yep um but other do you guys news
0: schedule do you guys schedule stuff with that or yes like yeah okay
1: yeah we often uh schedule different things so last night was good thing and then tonight as well anywho uh so that was that was one thing but the other thing i've been thinking about is yeah. um producer indiana is um has been pontificating quite a bit last few weeks hmm. Hmm. she has a lot of stuff to say um okay. it's been very entertaining to watch her kind of enlighten us with her uh, knowledge. And so uh, I'm in discussions with the producer family to maybe have producer Indiana make her podcasting debut soon. So we have to work out some terms uh, and have her sign some contracts. Yeah, Mm -hmm. popular
0: talent, you know.
1: Yes. Uh, So I think soon we'll have uh, maybe even an entire segment with Indiana. So that's very exciting. How old is she now? Like eight months? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So she's getting a little bit more recognizing that you know she's more cognizant of the she's fact very that she aware is, that she
1: has hands and feet and she can use them she finds this very entertaining um, she can wave um, she yeah it's it's really fun to see her that's really grow cool. Up and, yeah nice cool
0: well um, I'm sure I'm sure she would have some emergencies to ask us right probably so why don't we we go to theological emergencies
1: Thank you for calling Clerically Speaking. If this is truly a theological emergency, please dial 1 at any time.
0: Hi, I flushed my goldfish down the toilet,
1: and I wanted to know, is that a sin? Theological Emergency. We'll take your call at 412-912-7995. much every problem for a baby is an emergency? This is true. They're very dramatic that way. Hi, my name is Dan and I was raised Protestant. I have a hypothetical question. If a Protestant was finding himself drawn to enter the Catholic Church, but, hypothetically, his wife didn't understand why accepting the teachings of the Catholic Church necessitated leaving their current church community and actually becoming Catholic, how, how should such a husband respond?
0: Is she right? I mean, if she were a real person, of course.
1: Thanks. Bye.
0: I'm going to actually presume this is Dan's real name because his wife's hypothetical. Yeah. Right? (laughs) So we're not presuming his wife's real, so I'm going to presume he's real. Okay. If that makes sense. (laughs) I think that's fair. I think that's fair. A hypothetical wife. Okay. A hypothetical wife. A hypothetical wife, hypothetical life beautiful right um (laughs) (laughs) all right so dan you have a you have a very good question i I think well i think there's a couple qualifications as always uh but one of them is what's your protestant church like what kind of a protestant church is it just because i'm kind of curious i'd be like kind of curious what your tradition is that you're in hypothetically Mm -hmm. um and which you know, compared with the Catholic church. There's always two things with this though. Like I always say, like, especially if someone, let's say a spouse becomes Catholic and the other one's not ready or eager to. Yeah. You are still allowed to go to that church. Sure. I would just say then go to mass also on Sunday or something like that. Right. Or talk to your, talk to the priest and, and sometimes priests can, can kind of work things out because they recognize that, uh, these things can be difficult in families. Um, but I think I mean really the the main reason the main reason would be the church's liturgical sacramental life right like it, it it's a Catholic Mass is as we believe makes present Jesus's passion death and resurrection and that through that uh, we are given a participation in that so that we can live that each and every day through our baptism um, kind of a big deal for Catholics yes. Um, so you know yes there's preaching and everything but but really it, it, the, the mass is sacrifice and so we want to be present for that and I, I mean that's the real difference because a protestant service generally again I was, I was kind of curious maybe because depending on the tradition you're in there might be different understandings of liturgy but like if it's like a non-denominational evangelical it's just word based right it's just preaching and, and that's about it so
1: um, really it's sacramental life yeah. Um, yeah, it's a difficult situation. So, uh, as I've mentioned uh, before, this past year I taught RCIA. And, you know, talking with the the candidates who became Catholic, one of the big things was that culture change. Um, yeah. Some of them were, you know, active in their churches and stuff. you know, And um, it's a very different idea of what churches in many different yeah. ways. Um, and I think I might have mentioned this. One of the little things was one of the guys just stopped into uh the church, our church, like on a weekday, because there was adoration, and he thought to himself, like, "We barely have any sort of activities during the weekday at his church." Now, some do, um, but there's a different understanding of what church is. Also, practically speaking, it's good to be uh, in a community of like-minded people. Not all the time, but you need that kind of support and strength from other Catholics. Um, and it can be just kind. Of, it can become more and more difficult to keep going to uh, the Protestant church after you've become Catholic. Um, I think it can be more and more of a difficult thing personally. Now, let's mm-hmm. say you have a hypothetical wife and uh, she isn't super into like leaving her community or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important to take that sort of thing slow. Mm-hmm. And also, you're probably gonna have to go through RCIA anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So bring her along, um, mm-hmm. just so that she has a better understanding of what's going on. Um, not like a pressure thing that she has to join, but I think that's just a yeah. good journey for both people to go on. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be tough. This is, yeah. Yeah. One one thing I'm gonna
0: add to that actually, a really cool experience, we have like 11 people interested in becoming Catholic next year, all who don't know anybody in their parish. They've all literally dropped in from nowhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's been really cool. Yeah. And one of the cool things I've been finding, especially talking to those who are coming from more of an active Protestant background, because I think, I find this is, I mean, it's very interesting always, right? For us, it's b- very much about liturgy, but what happens to be sacrificed often for the case of liturgy, for the sake of liturgy, is community, right? Like social element of, of, of parish life. Yeah. But then, on the flip side, you lack that in a in a Protestant church. Um, so, uh, one of the, f- a few of the people who've been coming through to saying, you well, know, we really like the opportunity to get to know other people in the mm-hmm. church. Um, can we do can we because we you know coming out of the pandemic I'm still trying to figure things out some of them said hey can we uh, can we run the coffee after mass on Sundays Um, because we're really good at that coming from a Protestant background and I think it's it's a gift we can bring to Catholics you know kind of share the gift of our tradition as we kind of come into the fullness of faith I'm like yeah, totally. Like what Absolutely. a, what a, what a, I thought, I always thought like that, what what a great way to look at it. Right. Like I never thought of that before. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I mean, there are gifts that can come from these other, tr- you know, Christian traditions where we might lack in practice sometimes. Sure. And they're so important and vital. And so, yeah, like totally. And I think when that stuff starts to happen, it gets, the hesitancy starts to, to, to wane a bit mm-hmm. because for, most a lot of protestants i talk to they'll tell me that well what's the main reason you go to church why i like the community yeah it has nothing to do with doctrine right sure and so if that's an element that we can be better at as catholics i think that actually might remove a lot of the difficulty sometimes yeah yeah cool all All right.
1: right
0: you want to choose one i do hey father anthony Father harrison this is thomas at least i hope that's my name simple question if you cook ramen noodles
1: in holy water do they become almond noodles? Pray for me, since I'm a seminarian. Praying for you guys. Thanks. I don't know if I'm going to pray for this guy, Father Harrison, because that joke was so bad. It make it's it's testing my charity. Um, it really is. Um, this is. Is this even an emergency? It's definitely an emergency. Um, the emergency is this guy's sense of humor. Um, the emergency is uh, his un his. An ability to understand what this line is for. This is a very serious show where we answer very serious theological emergencies. And this was like an abuse of that. Um, so I'm going to find out the seminarians. Typical, formator yeah. Typical seminarians, you know, trying to take over pre-show and everything like this.
0: You know, yeah. trying to become the center of attention. Typical seminarians. That's all I gotta say. Typical seminarians.
1: Yeah. So uh, you know what? <laughs> After I've been thinking this through, I am gonna pray for this uh, guy's vocation and for his salvation because they seem to be, I wouldn't say in doubt, but uh, I'm just worried about him. Although uh, but, I will say, yeah, I will say
0: he's. It, it is a bit of a dad joke. And so maybe
1: he does have a vocation after all. Yeah, I guess that's fine. Um, But okay, so we bless. This is a question that actually I have. We're going to work off this a little bit. Um, Let's work it out. You know, we we bless food, but we don't bless the ingredients very often. um, Correct. Which is because you kind of like you bless the end product, but also Uh you wouldn't bless the holy water because that becomes a different, that becomes like a sacramental. Right um, right you remind people what 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 holy water's for. holy water is for sprinkling on people in houses what, but why why do we use it? It is a reminder of our baptism, Correct. and it makes demons scared. That's true too, yes,
0: yes, yeah, now, the question becomes, ought one to cook with it?
1: <laughs> I don't think so, like I guess you yes. could. But first of all, a lot of times, like um, that holy water, if you're getting the holy water from like your parish, it's in a big jug and there's probably some holy bacteria in there. I don't know if you want to cook with that. Might yeah. not be great. Um, so I, it wouldn't be like a practical thing to do. Right. Nor would I think a priest would like bless holy water in order, because yeah, it's not, you're not using that water for its intended purpose so in that Correct. case it's kind of an abuse of the thing Correct. um now yeah. yeah i will say some people Obviously. will sometimes drink holy water um, like t- drink a little bit um, praying for healing that sort of thing it's a kind of a pious thing sure whatever um but i wouldn't cook with it wouldn't cook with it i wouldn't generally consume it because its purpose
0: is reminding of your baptism right yeah yeah um you know there might be certain uh, um I've heard of people using blessed salt in their food, more just as a way to sanctify their food. But like, yeah. like as sending, like you know, it's kind of like what a priest would do when he blesses it or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of okay with that, but I'm also like, like it's weird because like we just, you got to always be careful mm-hmm. about it, falling into magical right thinking, right? Well, I've heard no, I've 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 heard people where they will get the priests to bless uh, a big thing of water and then they'll come back next week and it's fine. You find out, well, that's because they're drinking it every day. And it's like, yeah, this is not, yeah, it's, it's purpose. This is not its intended purpose. It, it's purpose is to remind you of the grace of your baptism and to kind of draw you back into that reality. And, and so as long as that's kept in mind when we're using blessed things in general, then, you know, maybe you could, Cook with it here and there. It's weird. I'd actually be more okay with the blessed salt and food than like drinking holy water. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, Father Harrison, do you know how to make holy water? I mean, yeah. You 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 boil the hell out of it. (laughs) Uh, I'm
0: going to have to write your formulas now (laughs) and your bishop and say it.
1: His, his ordination was invalid because of that joke. Uh, you and
0: Thomas are going to
1: be great friends. Yes. Uh, anyway, um, it's always cool to find out that seminarians listen to us. Uh, yes. Seminary is tough. Hang in there. Pray every day. Yeah. Thanks for calling us. Yeah.
0: God bless. All right. Well, let's uh, head into some presbyteral exhortations.
1: And now it is time for presbyteral Exhortations. Oh yes. yes, quite good, quite good. Indubitably. <laughs> I bet they can't wait to learn. Gonna learn so it's my favorite part. It's oh, the best oh, part. Oh, best oh, part. Yeah. Yes, yes, quite. quite. Yes,
0: quite. all right. I, I was hoping to write some notes. I didn't. So we'll see how this goes. But i want to kind of unpack some stuff that I've been, I've been thinking a lot lately, which is dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and I am, and I am depending on Father Anthony, to. Uh, to bring me down a level sometimes also it's dangerous probably gonna get a little abstract here well abstract but like not in the sense of i don't know it's not abstract to me because it just seems to touch a lot of things in life okay but anyways we'll see where it goes so i'm kind of calling this modernism 2.0 modernism 2.0 yeah it's like double the modernism that's right modernism the sequel that's that's right modernism 2.0 electric boogaloo thank you so i want to talk about how why, why ideas and cult, cultural ideas matter because like they are they are seeming to take hold quicker and quicker nowadays mm-hmm. and i think this is all to do with with digital technology sure um it has made information um more accessible than ever and i have some theories why i think there are often distorted encounters with ideas through technology but i'm going to kind of Leave that to the side for today. It's something I'm still kind of working on in the back of my mind. Because like, listen, a lot of Catholics have concern mm-hmm. about a lot of the ideologies that are, are rising today, right? Sure. And there are, there is significant questions around the issues of, of transgenderism, right? The issues, and most of these are, are moral, it seems. I mean, but there's even political ideology yeah. um, and so on and so forth. And, and it's, and it's fair enough to be worried about these things. We are Mm -hmm. worried often because we know deep down that an idea when it gains hold of a culture can destroy something about what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. Right. And part of what has fostered this around, this is the one little thing I'll say about digital technology is, um, my technical way of defining mediation around technology is that it mediates immediacy.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> by this, I mean, it gives us this notion that everything's immediate by our encounter with it. That's something mediated. Cause we, we, it's always something through something like you see it through your eyes, you hear it through your ears, but it's there in an instant. Okay. That's what I mean by that. It, it, it mediates immediacy. And so it gets us into this mindset that everything is an instant and it's, and it's done and it's, it, it can just happen quickly. Sure. And and I don't think that's good or helpful. And I think that's something we need to start to think about more deeply. Um, so when this happens though, is that this, this element of technology has made the ability to grasp ideas and information a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. And we, but the problem is obviously we don't ask questions of these problems. And so, I, th- I find, especially talking to a lot of Catholics, they are very worried about the rise of, of ideologies, especially against the human person. Like, what it mean to me, male and female? What is marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff we talked about last week around abortion, et cetera. But my worry always becomes too with that, is that what happens often throughout Catholic history is we have a right intuition that something's amiss in mm-hmm. a certain world view. But then we just latch on to the opposite ideology to fight against
1: it. Okay, yeah.
0: And that's not good. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> this is a bad idea. Why? Because... Well, what's the pro- what's the problem with ideology? Let's just go there. Like, what do you think the problem with ideology is Oh in what's general? What's problem with
1: ideology? Um, <laughs> Small question. Yeah, uh, um, it's a it's um, constraining. It's uh, I don't want to say it like taking shoving truth into a box. It's looking at the mm-hmm. entire world through uh, a particular lens. And yeah. if things don't fit, uh, like yeah. everything is a square, everything's a square hole. And if you get a yeah. triangle, well you have to fit into the square. If you get a circle, yeah. you have to fit into the square. Everything has to right. explain some things, but not everything, but it ends up dominating thought. Right. Yes, exactly. And the
0: problem is, let's say you're trying to fit that triangle into the square where you're missing key elements of what it means to be a triangle. So you never actually have a true sense of what triangle is. Yes. And it breaks it off because you force it into that square hole. Yeah. And that becomes a problem because you're now actually removing some aspect of a truth for the sake of your, your ideology. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because I think this is, I think the first thing to always remember is that for Catholics, we are not ideological. Mm-hmm. We cannot be. Mm-hmm. Because um, it, it's interesting. Um, we actually believe in something universal, but it's also particular. Like Mm -hmm. the heart and content of the Christian faith is what we'd call like the concrete universal, the particular universal, which is Jesus Christ. He is, he reveals everything about what it means to be man. He reveals everything about what it means God, who God is, he reveals everything to us, but he's this particular man in this particular time and place who reveals the totality of life to us. Um, But That's not an ideology. No. Because actually, that's quite a large expanse it, it, when you start to break down Christology in that regard. But when we when we accept ideology, exactly, you're 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 getting into you're forcing a particular idea to be the whole. And when you start to do this, you actually start to lose aspects of the truth. Yeah, I think this is why people like Ratzinger, for example, and other like amazing theologians of the past have never been so absolute as to say everything about this opposite position or this opposing is wrong. Right. For example, actually, like like Ratzinger's been a strong critic of Marxism. Yes. Or, or even liberation theology. Mm-hmm. But he'll never say it's absolutely and totally wrong. Like, like for example, he would say Marxism is right about the experience of alienation. That's yeah. what we call original sin. The Problem's the solution. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? It's right in this diagnosis. It's wrong in its well, it's right in its in its in the existential diagnosis, maybe not the economic one. Again, mm. kind of reducing things too much, but it it's it's wrong in its solution. Um but for us as Catholics, it means we gotta learn to think differently because the problem with ideology in the end is that it's actually a form of modernism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because it refuses to see the whole. And thus it refuses to accept the implications of an idea that might be behind it. Okay. So someone had said to me a few weeks ago, "Hey, f- hey father, you need to watch this uh, documentary by by Matt Walsh on What is Woman or something uh, like that." Oh yeah, yeah. First, okay. what, what is a woman? What is yeah, woman? I've heard yeah, about this. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it either. I actually have no desire to watch it mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't like
1: Matt Walsh. Uh-oh.
0: I, I think, I think he's ideological. Oh, absolutely. In his view of what it means to be male and female. Mm-hmm. From things I've read by him and other things I've seen by him. I, not that I'm saying like, listen, I'm, I can watch, I, listen, I only have so much time in my life though. I, I have to pick and choose what I watch and stuff. Um, yeah. But why? So I said, I said, no, no, no. Actually, I, no, I'm okay. Thanks. I, I, I tend to not like ideology, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. And they said, oh well, but you know, this there's so much truth here. I'm like, maybe. But what is the means that truth is communicated by? What, and are you losing other aspects of truth in communicating this?
1: That, like, is, am I making sense so far? There, Does that- I, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking about all stuff you're saying. Um, so. Okay, this is something that we've we've talked about here and there in the podcast before, yeah. and it's something that's um, weirdly um, prescient. Is that the word I'm thinking of maybe, okay. um, or just uh, talked about a lot right now in Catholic circles and online stuff. And this whole uh, capitalism versus socialism thing, right? Okay, right. You kind of got mentioned it a little bit, you know, with uh, uh, Benedict's critiques of, of Marxism, and right. this boiling down of ideas. Um, in order to okay so someone takes a very complex idea um yeah. like alienation um disparaging uh, dis- disparity between classes all this very complicated stuff um makes it i'm, I'm going to kind of brutalize this a little bit um makes it explain all of history <laughs> and then we recognize that like, this is wrong and the solution is wrong okay but there's important things there and instead of critiquing what's wrong, putting out what's right, offering different solutions, we take another version of that idea, capitalism, um, which uh, tries to fit everything into a a triangle instead of a square and just bash um, the socialism with the capitalism and Mm -hmm. because we do that, we can never accept any valid critiques of capitalism as well. So we just like keep Smooshing down ideas and complexity into um, a war of ideas that are all blunt instruments. Yes. 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 And and that's not the
0: Catholic way of truth. No. I guess, so like with the Matt Walsh example, my, my reasons for hesitancy is that it lacks, um, it lacks just from some, I, I watched a few bits and pieces just to get a yeah. sense of things. And I was like, ugh, I can't watch this. Um, mm-hmm. But already right, I was like, it lacked a Catholic vision of what it means to be man and woman. Yeah. And it ignored the impact of ideas on other people. So, so like, for example, yeah, yeah. like for, So yes, there are a lot of people today who would be hesitant to put a, a label on what it be- means to be male and female. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a fact, but why? <laughs> Yeah, you see, like my problem is that they never, we never ask the deeper question of things, and, and and for the Catholic, truths are not isolated one from the other, but rather they are all interconnected. And so, if you lack a certain vision about what it means to be male and female, for example, when it comes to questions around a gender ideology uh, and 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 transgenderism, et cetera, you too quickly ignore other elements that can bite you in the butt mm-hmm. later on because there is a deeper mystery to ideas than we can first often appreciate. So, um, for example, with the transgender stuff, when people are hesitant to give a definition or, um, or those who really do struggle with this, I have encountered it before, it is a reality. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. You can't just say, well, the truth is this and therefore your experience must be wrong. Yeah. Why, are people, why do people struggle? Like the, we don't ask, why are they struggling with the definition? We have to take subjectivity into account as well as the objective truth at all times. What, what is it that they've imbibed through media, through literature, etc. that's forced them to cut off aspects of the truth? No one asks that question because no one actually wants to enter into a dialogue. Everyone just wants to win And
1: own the other side. Yeah. There's, I mean, a lot of ideology and these um, dumbing down of ideas or the blunting of ideas um, is based around a kind of fear that we feel. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, for example, like with gender ideology, with transgenderism, with all this, um, there is a lot of alienation from who we are as human beings right um because we've for lots of forces lots of stuff has happened (laughs) to um take the question of what it means to be human and to throw it up in the air um through technology through history through all this stuff the various okay um so you have various experiences of this uh sometimes and and also biological things as well i'm not ruling that out okay so um there may be a correct pointing out that certain gender roles are too limiting mm-hmm. or um, too reductive. So mm-hmm. a man, uh, this is what it means to be a man. This is what it means to be a woman. You have men and women who look at that and say, well, that doesn't, that's not how I am. And the response is to throw out all gender roles. Mm-hmm. And this becomes very terrifying because those gender roles, even if they're limited, they provide some sort of stability for a culture right and for many people who are very comfortable in those roles and that understanding them being thrown out causes fear and panic and Mm -hmm. so to combat that they bring back like okay um, you know what it means to be a man or woman Um, these uh, idealistic 1950s roles okay Mm -hmm. that's solid I can understand that I can grasp that yes Now exactly so the truth is that like there are particular things that are masculine and feminine Um, Mm -hmm. and those are universal and those are real. Uh, and there's also a truth in the fact that like, um, you can't simplify those things. It's actually very difficult to talk about masculinity and femininity and anyone who makes it sound simple is messing it up. Okay. Yeah. So you've got this fear on both sides and a dumbing down, a blunting of ideas that are just combating each other Mm -hmm. without acknowledging the complexity Mhm.
0: Yes. So exactly, like so um so why am I saying all this? Because it, yeah. it it's it's for the catholic the I guess and I I must I going to apologize right now just because this did not come out as I expected it to and I I have too many competing <laughs> ideas in my own head right now yeah. about what I'm trying to communicate um which tells me I need to let it settle a bit longer before I talk about it again because there's a lot more at play here but um so there there is a right for example there's a right there's an un, I, I actually completely understand the fear mm-hmm. around some of these ideologies why because they get pushed and there is and there is an intuition amongst many Catholics that when these ideas get pushed they form people a certain way yeah sure right and, and it's 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 not wrong to fear that uh, at the same time uh, on the quote unquote other side of the debate. There's a real fear that if my particular experience is not taken seriously, I will be alienated from society. I will not be able to be a well-functioning figure of society, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Those are both equally fair fears. And in some ways I would say that the only way quote unquote ideology is ever able to dialogue is both people accept that there's fear at the basis as a phenomenon that they're Mm -hmm. acting out of. You see, because like I also am not afraid of it. Weirdly enough, and now granted, I don't have kids, etc. Yeah. I, I don't have my job is not in jeopardy with this stuff, obviously. Um, but I also believe that Jesus, that where my my salvation lies, where I'm safe, <laughs> is in Christ, and regardless of what comes my way, ultimately that's my my sure standing in life, right? And, and I guess to think as a Catholic is to ask the deeper questions of things. Don't just give in to the ideological reaction to it. Like there is a recent book on different leftist stuff that was written by a Catholic. I'm not gonna say it because I I mean, you might know what I'm talking about. I, I read some pages of it, it was horrible. It was horrible. I, like, I wanted to just tear it down because it was so badly written, yeah. and so poorly researched, but it's, but it's taking off like, like hotcakes. Yeah. Why? Because it, it confirms certain biases. And everyone's like, see, I'm not alone in the world. And, and, and that's the thing, like, that's the real problem. It's, it's I feel alone because I'm constantly inundated every day with a particular ideology. Because it's true, yes, it is true that media tends to sway one way. There is a certain control, if you will, of media. But what happens is, well, then we need to establish our own media to react to that. Right. We're not looking out of the central narrative as Catholics, which is that Jesus Christ suffered and died for us. (laughs) And that that is the sure place of my hope. Mm -hmm. And that that is, and, and... we as a church have done a lousy job at communicating that central fact, that that is the defining movement of history. In fact, it is what, it is what makes me, history even meaningful in the first place. And that Jesus, if Jesus is this kind of, this is why sacramentality is so important here. And this is why modernism gets, because we've lost this transcendent ex- encounter with God. It's why, then it's why you get trad reactions about liturgy stuff because there's this at the same there's this fear if we don't have this experience of transcendence God's going to be too distant for me to know him Mm. I will not have him close and I will feel helpless in this world that seems to be constantly against me as a Christian these are our real fears Mm -hmm. I find and we are not giving word to that at all that is and that's what Christ is asked to speak to. And when you start to let your life live from that, you stop being in the ideology, and you start saying, "Like, I'll give you an example. I'm not trying. To, this is not just about transgender stuff. But I did. You know, I was out for a beer with a parishioner last yeah. week, and there was a gentleman in the in the, at the pub who was wearing a dress and makeup." Yeah. Right. And where my heart was moved was not anger or frustration, but, but compassion of Jesus have mercy on him. Mm -hmm. That, that was my prayer for that person. And that's where our heart should go. Not, I can't, you know, not hatred of the other side, but it's, it's because clearly something has been missed in life for people. Whether it's an experience growing, like, and there are so many contributing factors to these problems,
1: or even you know, um, you know, with, with that particular situation, um, to have desires or feelings that don't line up with your physical body, that yeah. is a suffering. Period. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To desire a thing that your body cannot give you um, and to not be able to choose that, you just find out that that is what the situation is, that's a tragedy. That's a pain. And you might say that the person working this out by either wearing a dress or doing that, that's the wrong way to do it. Okay, whatever, Mm -hmm. fine. But if we don't first acknowledge that there is something painful there, there Mm -hmm. can be no dialogue. Mm-hmm. Or even like, uh, like what you said. So, it mean, okay, so we started off talking about Ratzinger not dying. And I think we're getting to the thing here, uh, uh, fear and, ide- and ideology. Mm-hmm. When you read Ratzinger, he is never afraid of any idea. Exactly. His writing is incredibly calm most of the time. Sometimes he gets fired up about stuff. But he's never afraid of ideas. Right. And he's willing to engage them and point out what's right with them. Because none of those ideas will dislodge him from Christ, they can't. He has utter faith that they can't. Uh, so you can address them on their own terms, and on, um, or maybe not on their own terms, but you can address them without bias, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's you know, the problem with a lot of Catholic commentators or political commentators that point out their Catholicism. Uh, that they're still bound more in fear than in faith. Yeah. Um, Whether it's a liturgy thing or an economics thing or a gender thing or a gender roles thing. Uh, And so you mentioned about like fear. It's very understandable that parents seeing all of this stuff Mm -hmm. are afraid. Absolutely. Yeah. And I... 100%. Absolutely. We need to Uh, acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that. But also, I think... So... Hmm. Okay, my turn to say something crazy. Yep. Uh, If you have a kid right now, they are going to meet other kids who have parents who are either two dads or two moms. Hmm. Um, They are going to experience that period. Okay. Yep. And you can easily say like that's unfair to them or confusing to them or whatever um but part of what you have to do as a parent is to simply explain that mm-hmm. um and not to explain it in fear uh because when we do that that actually causes more damage i think to a kid um yeah. because if you said, no, no we don't talk about that or, no no we don't do that um Think about how many of us are a little bit messed up because our parents were afraid to talk to us about sex stuff or puberty stuff in the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. Like how many problems came from that? From right. not addressing things honestly, even though right. addressing them may be difficult. Right. Um, and so yeah, we live in a really weird world. And it's understandable that you can have fear because of that, but you mm-hmm. can't let your fear dictate how you interact with it. Right. Because that yes, just causes exactly. a bunch of messes, and
0: I guess so. This is, yes. Sorry. Did yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. No. I. This is exactly it. Um, and and the fear is more tangible today now than ever, mm-hmm. because like part of the reason people cling to like the 1950s, for example, is they see a culture that is unified, mm-hmm. right. They see a culture that is not, even if there are different political parties, you may not you don't seem to see the division you would see today. I mean, and wh- I don't know and whether or not but it was the like reality
1: is whether or not the reality is true. That's the, the story. Yeah. right and that's the story, right? Um,
0: and uh, I think this is the big point I was trying to get to and I kind of forgot about it and now I'm getting there, which is good.
1: okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> You see modernity. Because it's denied mediation, it's denied any transcending narrative that uh, encapsulates a whole people and that governs their life. We have not dealt, for example, sufficiently with the problem of pluralism in the world. And by this, I mean competing ideas of what it means to be human, how to live. I mean they're completely wrong in, in every, in all of this. So I, I have to be completely But like yeah. part of the reason Russia is doing what they're doing is cause they fear the Western ideology creeping in mm-hmm. and they want to stop the Western incursion through Ukraine, Ukraine to seep into Russia. Okay. What they're doing is wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be very clear about this, but that's, but that's a different, they have a different narrative that governs their culture. And what happens in the States is you have two competing narratives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You don't have, it. and what happens is that that break, when that, when there's no uniting narrative, things start to break down very quickly. Because if there's an, if you're still trying to make this point that there's some organizing superculture, culture, um, you can't have competing narratives. This, and this is a point Benedict makes in, in introduction to Christianity. I kinda was revisiting the introduction again the other day. The introduction to the introduction, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, he talks about how Vatican, the purpose of Vatican II, mm-hmm. was to re- to to help the church find her way back to being uh, a f- some a subject or a body of people who form history. Hmm. There's a lot to that statement yeah. that I'm not going to get into right now, but because he said the problem was the 19th century's privatization of religion right? Like here's my little hot take was there's that little Supreme court decision about the, the, the football player or coach praying on the field or whatever. Yeah. I didn't like it. Why? Because actually, um, to be Catholic is to be social by nature. Not, not this guy may not have been Catholic or whatever, but it's just to say that that prayer actually has a social function and actually the state, if it's to seek out the common good, And our good is eternity. Now, this is not integralism. No, gotta be very careful here. Um, But that their prayer on that basic anthropological level ought to have a pride of place in the public because to be human is to be united to God. And um, when you privatize religion in order to, you're, you're actually giving, uh, you're actually giving up something that's essential to being a human person. Mm -hmm. Okay. But he's talking about this 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 problem of the 19th century and it's, it's privatization of religion and that Vatican II exists to, to re-socialize Catholicism again. Hmm. And I've always thought that's an interesting point because what he's trying to get at is that there is a way that Christianity can be a governing na- a narrative that can, imp- this is kind of what happened in the Middle Ages.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They didn't, they, yeah, Asia existed, yeah, India existed but they didn't really encounter them. And, and what happens when, when um, Islamic forces are invading the Holy Land? You go to crusade, why? Not because, uh, not a hatred of, of Islam or anything, but it was this notion that there's a social fabric that's vital to, be, to, to surviving as a civilization. And if competing ideas interfere with this too much, um, we're doomed. <laughs> We are doomed. In fact, Ratzinger goes on to say that uh, it's actually the Western schism, the the popes and the Mm anti-popes, that starts to destabilize Europe. Yeah, absolutely. um, Because of this, there comes this, and this is why Luther does his thing, because the church no longer is this um, guarantor of of a transcultural narrative that can bring these different nations together in relative peace this is a big idea that I'm yeah. not going to go too too deep into, but it's just to say that. But there, our problem is we're trying to fight for what is the narrative that defines who we are as human beings. That's what we're fighting about. Mm-hmm. But the Christian way will say, "Well, there's actually truths to all these competing narratives; these these second tier narratives." But yeah. we have to acknowledge them as second tier. Only then do we start to think catholically. Which is to see, which is universal. It's to see the whole, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the whole will always take what is good, even in something that twists the good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hence, why why Ratzinger will go into a lot around when he's dealing with stuff like Marxism and liberation theology. He'll say, "Yeah, like the oppression of peoples is a serious matter. Catholicism has to do a better job at dealing with, but Marxism's not the answer because it's atheistic." Yeah. And it wants to build its own world. It wants to build its own kingdom. That's the way we need to think. So then you don't have this fear because if Jesus is is who he says he is, then he is, he governs history. He governs everything. Mm-hmm. And that's the confidence we need to be starting to act out of. Only then will modernism begin to lose its grip on society. But the more modernism um takes hold in its various forms of polities, et cetera, as they currently stand, which are rooted in ideological ideology and myths. Mm. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, Because like the modern nation state has killed way more human beings than quote unquote religious wars ever did.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, The
0: only, we have, for us, we need to regain confidence in who Christ is. Essentially that he's the Lord of history. Mm Mm-hmm. And that means that he can be Lord of our particular nation. Not in an integralist way, but that he can be because he's first Lord of my life. Yeah. He's Lord of my family. And I can see the other as neighbor, as not an enemy, but as someone who is acting out of a fear that I understand because I, I I live in it too, but Mm -hmm. Christ is my answer. Mm -hmm. Which sounds simplistic, but it actually isn't.
1: No. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I know. Sorry, that's a lot. No, no, I think I think I think we have said things that are important. I think we got to yeah. some things. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I'm going to
0: apologize. Like it's not what I was intending or what I was meaning to get to, um, which tells. This. Sometimes, folks, the podcast is Father Harrison's way of working out ideas that he wants to communicate more easily, but sometimes he fails, and uh, <laughs> today may have been one of those. And so, yeah. thank you for putting up with us. Um, but it, it's. For me, the question is history. That's, that's the big question for me actually right now. Um, And that we're fearful because Jesus isn't seen as Lord of history. Yeah. There's maybe the simple thing I'm trying to get to. Because we don't see history as something that can make Christ present today. Mm -hmm. Because he can't, we don't see history as a mediating force, which is, but that's, that's its whole point and purpose. I'll leave it there. Sorry, it's a little jumbled, a little all over the place. But you know, hey, we can't. I can't knock it out of the park like it. No no no, 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 no.
1: Don't apologize. Don't apologize. I'm apologizing. I'm Canadian. It's, it's who I am. Yeah. Never, never apologize for your homily. Never apologize for your podcast because <laughs> we never know how good or bad it is. It's impossible so, to know. this is true. We actually, uh, uh one of our. RCA
0: candidates came up to me yesterday she goes you know I know I can't tell you that you had a that you had a good homily today I said well yeah you can she goes no you said it on the podcast you can't I'm like cred more people in my parents are going to start listening to the podcast I know and she says, I know I can't say that yeah so I'm just going to say I know I can't say that it was a good homily <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like oh thank you very much you know but it's yeah. like yeah so um, you, you just it is what it is
1: it is what it is.
0: I'll, I'll come more prepared next time. No, you're fine. I'm I'm sorry.
1: All right. I'm, I'm going, I, I'm going to wrap up this podcast you before you because apologize because I'm anymore. Be, it's, I'm, you can't take the Canadian out of the Canadian That's the true. Um, but uh, all right. Thanks for listening. Where is my script thank you for listening please leave a review on itunes and tell your friends about the podcast tell your enemies too because jesus says we must love our enemies you can find me thinking about everything father harrison just said you can find me probably in my books trying to like reorganize my thoughts around all this and on twitter at fr harrison contact the podcast and receive updates at clerical pod on twitter find us on facebook youtube or emails at clerically at gmail.com do you have a theological emergency call 412-912-7995 that's 412-912-7995 keep them coming we got a lot of good questions uh, and we, I think we, we got to do just a we got straight up theological emergency episode soon because we have to get yeah. to a lot of these and they're good. Yeah, there's, there's a lot that we're behind on. Yeah. So, but we love it. Keep them coming. All right. All right. Peace.
0: God bless.